This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. What's going on, guys? Welcome on into Fantasy Intervention. Get excited for yet another episode. Another episode where we got DFS. God, I love DFS. Love, love, love DFS. And I've got a guest with me, too, who I absolutely love and adore. Rosalie Michaels over there. What's going on, Rosalie? How are you doing? Doing good. It's finally starting to, to cool down, and we're getting a little bit... Now, we can't call it fall in Phoenix yet, because it's still in the 90s during the day. Oh, God. But- it's not in the hundreds, so that's fall. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a good thing. That's not, that's not too bad, I guess. I, no. See, over here in, in Virginia Beach, it's really super muggy. And mm. luckily, that, that's kind of cooled down, and it's kind of stopped. In the summertime, yeah. you're, like, you're sweating out 100 pounds worth of uh, you know, water, pretty much. So it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty brutal. But yeah, you want to let everybody know where to find you, Rosalie, and, and you know, why you are so credible and amazing? <laughs> Incredible. There's a word, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. So, hey, everyone. I'm Rosalie Michaels, also known as the fantasy girl on your fantasy football uh, uh, world. Uh, I work with DraftKings on a weekly basis. I do their, I am their only female analyst. uh, So, I work with them for their pregame show from 11.30 to 1, right up until game time. So, we talk about all the Sunday slate. And then I do the Monday uh, night showdown, that show before as well. And then I'm the fantasy analyst for a number of different radio stations across the nation as well. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of radio do you do over there? I was always curious about uh, that. Well, it's all sports stations. So there's one in New York. There's one in Palm Springs. There's one in Phoenix. There's one. Uh, gosh, where are we now? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So I just come on and do um, either like a, a Zoom type of thing if they do that for their radio station, or sometimes I'm just on the phone, just answering sit start questions, talking about fantasy football in general, leading up to the season, talking about all the different changes this season right and how to manage this with dfs it's a little bit different you know dfs it's easier to manage because we know what's happening and you're getting you know if, if there's not a game that's being played on sunday that's okay so then it's not in the in the lineup but for season long it could really disintegrate pretty quickly if they don't figure out how to get this stuff under wraps. And and there's some interesting takes out there right now, you know, because people are genuinely concerned that the season's going to get canceled. Right. Uh, And especially, you know, concerned that 
the Titans are going to have to forfeit. And then Josh oh. Allen won't actually get credit for a game. And there goes Josh Allen's record-breaking season that I yeah. thought was coming. You know, so mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a bummer. So I kind of propose, hey, make the Patriots and the, uh, you know, the, the Titans both forfeit. And then you end up having the uh, Denver Broncos up against the Bills, you know, so that way they can keep the, the teams that are, you know, actually following the rules, you know, able to play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, that comment here. And I mean, that's what we've got so far. There's three potential games this week, right. That, that could have, I think it's just going to be the two now at this point, but we already have one, you know, game on a buy two teams on a buy. And now we've got some postponed games and what if those don't play, you know, so it's that, but there, I hate forfeits. I'm going to tell you right now, I hate forfeits. I don't think they're fair. I don't think it's okay. I understand in the, in the terms of with the Titans that, Hey, if you're not following the rules and you're not making sure that you're staying safe, you know, then you're going to forfeit. I get that, but it's still, I hate it. I hate it for the sport. I hate it for the league. I hate it for fantasy, um, fantasy, you know, perspectives. So that's that's how I uh, that's how I feel about the forfeits. I don't yeah. like them. I'm not a fan of the forfeits either. I, I can't get behind them. Uh, I, you know, if they were going to forfeit, then I still would want two teams that have been following the rules to play. But I think that they should just push back the playoffs, you know, a week and have all the covid games, you know, that happened maybe even two weeks to an extent. But make all those covid, you know, games that got canceled or postponed played the last week of the you know, after you- last week of the season. How do you do that when you've got like in this case, it would be the Titans would be two. Those are two games for the Titans. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't really work. Well, they and, already um, have the other one put where the buy is, correct? Yes, they do. So you mean if it continues to move forward like that? Plus, I think, you know, we have to remember, too, these teams spend the week preparing for each other, game planning for, you know, the, the opponent that they have to switch it up and go, oh, wait, no, 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 no. You're going to be playing, you know, the, the, the Bills this week True. instead of the Patriots. That's not fair to that team either. Good you know, point. So great point, actually. Yeah. So it's 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 hard to what we need. NFL players, NFL staff, NFL coaches. Please do everything in your power. Just (laughs) it's, you know, the bubble is the only thing that has been working for sports. Um, I mean, baseball seemed to have gotten it back on track. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, they they do it moving forward. But we don't have any of the answers. You know, we're not behind the scenes. (laughs) We don't see a lot of that stuff. So we have no idea which way it's going to go. But what we do know is who to play in DFS this week. Right. That's that's what we do now. Let me get my let me get my glasses on so I can see. <laughs> now, the DFS this week is strange. So it's been an interesting uh, you know season so far, and I talked about this last week on Friday's show with Bo and Scott about how I wrote in the preseason, right? How I didn't expect to see a, a massive increase in points scored due to COVID and not having an off season as a result, right? Uh, of not having mm-hmm. preseason OTAs, whatever the case was. I didn't expect there to be a massive increase in scoring. But yeah. when, when we look at it, right, there was actually a massive increase in scoring over the first few weeks. And yeah. so I was like, why, why did all of my research and why did everything that I, I dove into tell me otherwise? And when I went back and I looked at it, it was like the perfect storm of bad defenses with these excellent, you know, 
firepower offenses matching up against each other over the first few weeks, right? Yeah. Like, we've seen the Seahawks-Cowboys, the Lions-Cardinals, the Titans-Vikings, the the Packers and Saints. I mean, yeah, and I'm including the Saints, by the way, who are, are bottom 15 in passing yards allowed and third in passing touchdowns allowed. And then, of course, the Browns and Cowboys this past week. I mean, it's just shootout after shootout after shootout. Yeah. So, yeah, but to be fair, I mean, let's look at this. Like last year, Tampa Bay's defense was terrible. I mean, you targeted Tampa Bay's defense when it came to DFS, when it came to season long, who you were starting and who you were sitting. This year, they're one of the best, you know. I mean, they didn't look like it last night versus versus the Bears, although they did for a while. They had some injuries that came in. But, you know, it, it, it is hard to see exactly how you can do a little bit of, um, you know, tweaking when it comes to offseason changes and things like that. But until you actually see them in action and see what they do, you know, last year, Arizona's defense, terrible. This year, they have tightened up quite a bit, especially against the tight end position. You know, they were the go to for tight ends last year. That's who you targeted for tight ends. It's not so anymore. So, um, yeah, so to, to our off-season research, I know because I do it too, and I, you know, look at what they did last year and, and kind of try to tweak that for this year. But th- there's been some surprises, no doubt. Well, I mean, the biggest thing that, that I took away from this, right, was the, the fact that you were able to double stack players and, and mm-hmm. you know, over the first part of the year and attack these games. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, you know, uh, this upcoming week. Yeah. yeah. And, and moving forward, like, I mean, there's some games that, that we could actually see where the scoring actually kind of dials back a little bit this upcoming week because you're not having great offenses with bad defenses face off uh, up against one another. So, well, except, you know, you do have the Dallas Giants game. That is so one. That is the one. Dallas Giants game. There's also the Minnesota Seattle game. Probably well, going to be a pretty high scoring one as well. I think that's Sunday night. So that's it not going to be on the Sunday slate that we're, we're yeah. trying to attack. It yeah, it is Sunday night. But yeah, you're right. In the in the main slate of games. But I, I, I was thinking with season long, it's definitely a game that you, you want on your radar. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we have the Bills up against the Titans if they even do play. And, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to you know, pass as much the bills that is, mm-hmm. because I think that they're going to be crushing yeah. the Titans and there's not going to be any reason to, to pass. I mean, the Titans, half their team is going to be out. Right. And then, well, yeah, I mean, is Johnu in, I haven't seen the latest, uh, the latest injury report. So that's the thing with this year is the injury report is, is key much more so than in previous, you know, in previous uh, seasons. You're not kidding. Like that injury report. I, Leonard Fournette was doubtful up until game time last last night. And then all of a sudden, guess what? He's playing. I mean, I, he, he didn't do anything, but he was in the game. And so people are like, should I start him? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no he, he was doubtful. <laughs> no, he was doubtful until like a minute ago. That does not inspire confidence. No. So, I, and then we have like the Steelers game, you know, with, with Carson Wentz, of course. I mean, the Steelers could completely wrap up Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to prevent a shootout from happening. You know, we have the Cowboys and they could actually be blowing out the Giants, which means that you might not see as much volume from Cooper and Lamb. It's very possible, although the Cowboys defense does suck. You know, yeah. Jones hasn't been good. Yeah, Jones hasn't been good. And, and the yeah, I looked at the over under and it's at 54. And I'm wondering how that it's going to get there. But I mean. 
Cleveland was able to put up almost 50 points. So do you think that the, the, the Giants could probably put up 20? The, the, maybe 25? Oh, man, I, I don't know about that. I, I think well, that it, I don't know. I, I mean, it, the only way that it's going to hit the over under is if uh, the Cowboys probably put up 40 points, you know, or, or 35, I'll say. I think yeah, that the but ju- games are hitting over like crazy. This, this well, well, that was kind of my point because, like, you know, yeah. we're not seeing that same type of thing happen right now. You know, the okay. Rams up against Washington, Washington's defense looks really, really, really good this year. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Cardinals, right? I, I always yeah, look to Cardinals, them for a DFS yeah. option. Yeah, but they might only they might only need three touchdowns to beat the Jets, even with their bad defense. You know, it's just a situation where I think that the games could actually hit under a lot more often than what they've hit so far this year. So there's a couple games where I'm trying to actually find double stack options if I have that chance. But I think this is the week where you go single stack and you kind of hope that one player just goes off for for a certain team versus multiple guys from the same team. Like, I don't feel like it's a Lockett Metcalf type situation as much this week. What do you think about, okay, because there are a number of, of games. I mean, obviously the KC Las Vegas game is definitely one you could double stack. Definitely one you could stack. I mean, what are the chances you that, that you could stack, um, you could stack, uh, either Kelsey and, and CEH. Okay. And then, or, or Waller and, and Derek Carr, you know, they're going to throw the ball. They're throwing the ball. They're actually 10th rated offense, not 10th rated, 10th ranked offense by DVOA in Las Vegas right now. They're scoring some points. Yeah. You know, so I can see them. I can see that game being high scoring and I can definitely see some, some good stacks there, but do you want to go kind of into certain games and and talk about them individually? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're about to do that right now. Um, But I will say Adam, uh, Adam Levitan over at establish the run. Mm -hmm. uh, He had this little uh, article that I read last week and I wanted to to go over this with you too. Uh, Top 10 lineups in the Millie maker uh, used a QB and two of his teammates on 41% of the time. Right. So mm-hmm. those top 10 lineups finished. Right. The field yeah. did it only 28.9% of the time. So the two teammate construction, right? Like mm-hmm. the two stacks that did hit. However, when we look at single stacking, the top 10 lineups actually did it 49.1% of the time instead of 41% of the time. So it. It, it, you're actually hitting a lot more often with a single stack than you are a double stack. And, and by the way, this is in, in like 452 different weeks that he compiled yeah. these stats. But yeah. since probably, you know, uh, the Millie Maker started. But either way, I, I just feel like this could actually be the week where you're going to hit on a single stack versus the previous weeks. A lot of people were hitting on the double stacks. So let's go to yeah. the, the stacks that we want to do. We're going to okay. go to uh, Houston and Jacksonville. The over under is going to be okay. 54. Got it. So when I sit there and I look at some of these, uh, you know, receivers that have put up numbers up against uh, Jacksonville, it's been Boyd, Parker, right? Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, uh, Paris Campbell, and Adam Humphreys. Yeah. They're all, they all, what do they have in common? They're on the slot, right? Mm-hmm. But none of them had that massive game, like 150 yard, two touchdown type week. So I think in cash games, I think Cobbs is a safe play. But Fuller, who saw 75 out of 178 of his snaps out of the slot, he yeah. can have that big playability while still getting the floor. And I think he's a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. What do you think? I, I think that I'd actually go to the stack on the other end and bring it around from from the Houston side. So I would I would stack the um, the Jacksonville side 
and then bring it around to the Houston side. Uh, just because Houston is it, their offense is not clicking. It's, it's really not clicking. So if I want, you know, if, if I want to target this game, I want the guys that, uh, they're going to score weird. Right. Um, you know, I love J Rob in this matchup, so I'm absolutely targeting him. You know, he's getting some targets. He's eighth in the league overall in terms of, uh, fantasy points per game right now. And, and now he goes against Houston who's giving up about 33 fantasy points a game. Um, so we watch what they've done in, uh, in certain, uh, when we watch what they've done against uh, opposing offenses, yep. it's 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 a pretty setup for our boy uh, J Rob. I mean, last week Dalvin Cook with 130 yards and two touchdowns. You know, the week before that, James Conner with 109 yards and a touchdown. Week before that, you know, you you have the uh, plethora of Baltimore people. <laughs> the Baltimore rushing attack, which was, you know, over a hundred yards, a touchdown to Mark Ingram, uh, 54 yards out of Lamar Jackson as well. And then the first week, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, his first week in the league, just completely annihilated. So with, with J Rob and the amount of touches that he's getting, he's getting a, a crap ton of touches right now. He's also, you know, the red zone tar, the guy who's getting the most red zone touches, which is six right now, which isn't huge, but he's still yeah. the one that's being looked to most in that offense. And the, the Jacksonville offense is not terrible. They're scoring some points. They're sixth in the league by DVOA. So, um, yeah, I, I would maybe do a Minshew J-Rob because we know Minshew can can – do some magic. Minshew has had some really nice games. I mean, last week he did throw for over a, a 300 yards, didn't have a touchdown, but did throw for over 300 yards and no, uh, no um, uh, interceptions too. So that's, that's something I'm, I'm definitely looking at. The other question becomes who on the other side, do you bring it back with? Well, so the reason why I went with Texans over going with Minshew, right. Is because yeah. I think that the ownership's going to be down on Watson. I believe he's either the fifth or sixth most uh, expensive, you know, quarterback on the week so far. And normally you don't want that, but that could scare ownership off. Yeah. The other thing is, is Jacksonville blitzes the quarterback on only 21% of the dropbacks, which is the sixth least in the NFL. Uh, Watson, yeah. who hasn't had much time back there, he has like he's like ranked 33rd uh, for uh, pocket protection or protection in the pocket. Um, so he hasn't had much time. But if he's not getting pressure on him, he's actually really, really good. Uh, he leads the NFL in completion percentage with with a clean pocket, completing 87.8 percent of his passes. That's insane. But yeah. the bigger part that I'm looking at is he's eighth in completion percentage on deep balls. So. If we can sit there and we can give him a clean pocket and we can allow him to have time back there for Will Fuller to get down the field. I mean, we could see easily Will Fuller come, coming out of this with, with two touchdowns and Watson having two touchdowns in the air, maybe one on the ground, maybe one to his tight end. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, I think it has a lot of upside with Watson. Meanwhile, with Minshew, you know, I know that, that you're going to get a great, great floor from him because this defense is terrible. And I think that they are going to have to pass at some point because this, you know, is looking kind of like a shootout type game. I just don't know if he has the same ceiling that Watson has for tournaments. You know, you know what? I was actually wrong about Minshew. I, I was I don't know who I was thinking of that had the 300 
guard game with zero and zero. But yeah, Minshew had he has had he was three fifty one with two and one against Cincinnati. He was two seventy five zero and one against Miami, which is the game we thought he would blow up. That was the only one he hasn't blown up though. The week before that, three uh, thirty nine for three and two versus Tennessee. That's a good. good Titans defense, right? They're not terrible. They're about mid mid tier. They're definitely better than Houston's defense. Yeah. Um, and then against Indy, which we know has a really good defense, only 173 yards, but he had those three touchdowns. So um, I've got to think of a bet for this one that we have to we have to live up to later. You got Minshew, <laughs> I got Watson. But no, okay. I mean we also have to counter in that the you know the. The amount of money to it costs to, to play these guys. So that's, you know, that's where you're going with that. But we agree, like, this is J, J yeah. Rob's going to be a piece, right? I think DJ Shark is going to be a piece this week. I think he's going to absolutely crush it. Um, yeah. And then we talked about Will Fuller, the, the guy that I, I'm kind of like hesitant about because he did burn me last week a little bit. Yeah. Man, David Johnson, Romy Cornell, who's taking over the team, was actually fifth and sixth in rushing attempts as the yeah. head coach of the Chiefs. Uh, he also was in the top half of the league when he was the head coach of the Browns for two out of the four years. Obviously, that Browns team was was brutal, so they couldn't really run the ball as much as well, he probably had, wanted to. They had one winning season. They went 10-6 and six one, one yeah. season. Yep, you're right. So. You're right. That was his third season, I believe. Um, yeah. You know, Mixon this past week hung up 151 and two touchdowns on, yeah. on Jacksonville. So yeah. do you think you can play David Johnson this week? I hate saying it. It makes me cringe. Yeah, I think I like it better than, I mean, you look at, at uh, Fuller, Fuller's at 6,600, not a lot, but he's still, let me see, what, seventh, eighth? He's up there. He's up there um, for sure, I, which is yeah. why I think his ownership is going to be in the dirt, you know? Averaging, probably, you're probably absolutely right. Um, averaging about 15.9 fantasy points per game, but um, look at David Johnson, and he is down at 5,200. Averaging 12.7 fantasy points per game has the easier matchup, you know, because Jacksonville is, is, is weak, very weak, 26th against the run, but uh, 10th against the pass. Um, so, and, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, the numbers that happened last week. But I just, you know, if you look at the people that have actually um, played the, the teams that have played remember that we saw Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines you know really combine for a lot of um, fantasy points that first week Marlon Mack was in there a little bit too Derrick Henry didn't score a touchdown but then we had Mixon last week um, really go off so they're kind of middling they're they're giving up some some games but does Cornell really kind of focus on the run instead of trying to um, throw the ball so much to manage the clock a little bit more, knowing that their defense is not stopping any offenses very well right now? Yeah, and, and it's it's a risky play for DFS, right? So you kind of have to have like the perfect lineup where he fits in. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, you're 100% correct. And, and to your point about J-Rob as well, I do want to touch on that real quick uh last week cook went for 120 and like two touchdowns or something like that and the texans mm -hmm. are actually giving up a whopping 21 explosive runs to the running back so far this year that's insane wow. Wow. 21 explosive runs to the running back they are literally a giant gaping hole on that <laughs> defensive line it, it's 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 bad about gi giant gaping holes and explosiveness <laughs> <laughs> 
That's going to be the show name. It's going to be try <laughs> gaping holes and uh, explos- explosions. Wow. Oh, You're gonna go. You just came up with a show name. I love it. <laughs> uh, plus his ownership last time I checked was around five or so percent. So, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he will be. I mean, the, the thing with, with J Rob is that there's a, a good amount of good choices around him. Uh, you know, CEH is only a hundred dollars more also has a fantastic matchup versus Las Vegas, right? The worst against the running back position, 38 fantasy points per game. That's going to be nice for, for CEH. The question is, you know, they're always going to have Mahomes involved. They're never going to really feed him as much as he wants. Like they will like, like a Derrick Henry. Right. But, um, it, the, the matchup's too good. He's going to have those big runs and score. So it's, it, he's a hundred dollars more. You've got, you know, we just talked about David Johnson, you know, Todd Gurley this week too, 5,700 goes up against Carolina. Oh, and we're going to talk using, about that one. Yeah. They're using him. So we'll talk about that later. So I think that J Rob won't have too much chalk on him because there's some really good options at running back. So, um, but yeah, if you're targeting this game, I don't see how you keep him out of your lineup. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. On to the next game that we're going to be targeting and you, you just brought it up. Uh, the, the Carolina and Atlanta game. And this is weird. This is like a weird matchup because I don't know if we're going to get like no points because like the team's going to try and keep their team or keep their defense from being on the field because both defenses are, are you know, overall pretty bad. So, yeah. you know, are we going to go more towards like the Mike Davis type lineups and Todd Gurley type lineups or, you know, can we hit on these wide receivers? Because, I mean, honestly, I think that Robbie Anderson's ownership is going to be higher than DJ Moore's. And I think that DJ Moore might actually be a bargain to an extent. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you're right. I don't think that they're they're going to change up their entire game plan because their defenses are doing terribly. I think they know that they are going to have to score a lot of points to keep up with the other team. Right. Um, So you can't to change your game plan because of that would be silly. You are putting up points, especially in Atlanta's case, they are putting up points, even though their offense isn't ranked very well based on who they've been playing. So, but you're right. Both defenses terrible in the bottom 10 on, on both of them. So I think you have to look to this game and, and I do like the running backs in both of this game. So do you do a running back and a wide receiver or a running back and the, the QB? That's I think more of the question. If you're going to stack them, I think I'd probably rather be on the, I'm not a fan of of Matt Ryan this week. I think he's going to have some trouble because Carolina is bad as they are against the run. They're pretty good against the QB. Yeah, they they actually are. uh, Yeah. Very good. Against the QB. So I don't think I'd target the Atlanta pass game. I think I'd probably, if I'm going to target Teddy Bridgewater, who again is, is cheaper. I think he is going to be chalky because he is, you know, on that cheaper side and because of the matchup, you know, Atlanta lets up the, the most amount of fantasy points to the, the quarterback position. And Teddy's been looking pretty good. Yeah, no, he really has. I mean, he's, he was out running Kyler Murray last week, right? 
taking yeah, that one yeah. to the house. So right yeah. now, Teddy Bridgewater, earlier today, Teddy Bridgewater was at 2% owned. He's already jumped up to almost 12% for the estimated ownership. So yeah. he's good. By the, by the time the game kicks off, like we could see him up around 20%. Because a lot of these guys that play, you know, 150 lineups and stuff, they're mm -hmm. not playing out the, the Teddy Bridgewater guys because they want to keep that, that percentage down, you know, up until yeah. game time. So it, it's something where I, I'm a little bit... Uh, you know, nervous playing him. But we talk about this passing game, right? This passing game for Carolina is clicking. But yeah. what's weird for me is the way that they're using uh, DJ Moore, yeah. right? They're keeping him all on one side. They're not using him on, on the crossing routes like I, I thought that they would as much. I mean, you got a couple of them and outs and stuff. But looking at this, you have one, two, three, three crossing and one slant. I mean, that's that's not good. That's not the way that, that DJ Moore was, was designed to, you know, be used in this offense. And yeah. I'm going to pop over Robbie Anderson real quick. And we're going to see Robbie Anderson doing exactly what I thought DJ Moore was going to be doing in this offense, which is, let me find, let's go with this one. I don't know. Can you see that right on the screen? Yeah, I see it. I mean, you have crossing routes, you have, yeah. uh, you know, slant patterns, you have, I guess, receptions at the backfield for screenplays. Like, I mean, what is going on over there? Yeah, well, you, when you look at the breakup, too, when you look at, you know, where they're running out of, I mean, Robbie Anderson is is pretty yep. even across the board, right? Uh, you know, DJ Moore is as well, but he leans a little bit more left on the, on the left side of the field. About 50% of the time, he's on the left side of the field. Um, I think we have to remember, though, what, what's key here is Robbie and Matt Rule have history, right? So, he knows what Robbie can do. He's more familiar with Robbie. Maybe that's why we're seeing, you know, him do a little bit more and do more of what you expected from more DJ more. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I know where you're going with that. So because of the familiarity that he has with what Robbie can do, that was his, um, that was his, his college coach. So he, he has that connection with him. And I thought that Robbie was a good sleeper pick coming into the season because of, um, because of the, the connection that they have. Um, so, but the question becomes, I mean, do you, do you even keep, QB out of it. I don't think you can because of the fact that, that Atlanta gives up the most fantasy points to the QB position. Um, yeah, there's got to be a lineup that, that you throw them in there for sure. Yeah, I, but, you know, could you do a Mike Davis and a Robbie Anderson stack or maybe a double stack? I mean, they don't give us up as many fantasy points to the wide receiver position as they do in general. Um, Atlanta doesn't, but, um, it, like they do with the RB, like they do with the QB, but I think there's some really good opportunity there for Robbie. Um, when we look at Atlanta and the wide receivers versus Atlanta, you know, I mean, CD lamb and Amari Cooper were able to have over hundred, uh, yard games, but didn't get any touchdowns. But you know, the, the following week you had Robinson, a Rob, who is right now, one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. Just love that guy. And the fact that he's getting the amount of targets that he's getting makes me so happy. But um, even Anthony Miller scored in that. Uh, but then last week versus uh, Green Bay, they were pretty good against Green Bay. Yeah, overall. 
overall. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, also you have to keep in mind that, that half the Green Bay, you know, wide receiver corpse was out too. Yeah. So. I mean, it was all Tanyan, right? It was yeah. all, it was all Tanyan. I won some so. money on Tanyan last week. I'll tell you that. I won yeah. a lot of money on Tanyan. Yeah. He was, he was an easy pick because that's where the weakness for this past game is. I mean, Jimmy Graham scored on him twice. You know, Dalton Schultz was able to score on him in week two. So, and, and Greg Olson, old Greg Olson was able to score on him in week one. So yeah, that's, that's where the touchdowns are coming against the Falcons is at the tight end position. And, and you see, they also give up the most fantasy points to the tight end. So, you know, am, am I touching the Carolina Panthers tight end? Uh, probably not. I mean, how much is there's a Ian lot of Thomas? people that are on Ian Thomas this week. I'll tell you that. I know, that's the problem. He's probably going to be pretty chalky. Um, you know, how much is he this week? This, Logan is 3,500. The system doesn't use the tight end like that. I know. I, well, look at, look at his usage. He's got two catches for five and a touchdown. One catch for nine zeros. Man, man hurts had one for eight. Yeah. So the most uh, receptions they've had at the tight end position for the Panthers is three. You know, meanwhile, you've got Robbie Anderson with eight, DJ Moore with four, Curtis Samuel with three and, you know, Mike Davis with five and then eight the week before that. So, yeah, that's that's not who I'm looking to, Uh, you know, especially, you know, in the red zone. They are very RB heavy. Carolina is as far as touches 31 red zone touches to the RB position, 11 to the wide receiver, two to the uh, two targets to the tight end position. So I think you have to have Mike Davis in there if you're going to target this game. Well, the, the thing that I'm looking at is, is DJ Moore here, like square in the eyes. I, I love DJ Moore. Uh, you talked about how he's pretty much almost always on the left side of the field. Uh, yeah. that, that spot I use um, uh, Roto-Wire to, to get my, my snaps from. So I love yeah. DJ Moore. He's going to be matched up against Isaiah Oliver. And Isaiah Oliver has already allowed a whopping 255 yards and two touchdowns while in coverage. Uh, This is terrible. And and I know that AJ Terrell is coming back. Who's been terrible too. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson, sure. He's a play, but I think he's just too much of a chalk play. And I'm, I'm gravitating towards uh, DJ Moore huge. Now, when it comes to Mike Davis, I'm kind of hoping that he, uh, that he kind of bombs. I mean, I've been watching him this week, and earlier this week he was at 2% ownership, then he was at 5% ownership, then he was at 8% ownership. Now he's at 13% ownership, and let me check the most recent one real quick. I mean, his ownership is just getting blown through the roof. Yeah. Uh, so I expect his ownership, he's, he's up at, he's up at 48% now. What? <laughs> uh, Mike Davis is at 48.4% estimated wow. ownership from 36.8 to 6. I was going to say he's going to be at 20% ownership. He's at 48.4. Uh, you can't play him. You can't play him. No, you if, can't play him. Well, I mean, you could play him. I mean, how much is he? <laughs> how much is he? How much is he? He is 6,400. Kareem Hunt is 100 more. Yeah, well, Kareem Hunt's also banged up a little bit. Let's 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 be aware. And you know, when we looked at that that 
that breakdown last week of the touches, he was still sharing time, even though Chubb went out. He was still sharing time. So and that's gonna I, happen, but the amount of times that they run and the the way that they open up this offense, it makes their running game extremely efficient. Yeah. So yeah. all right, let me let me ask you this. Would you rather play uh 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 Robinson or would you rather play Mike Davis? I th- well, at that ownership, I'd play Robinson. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think Mike Davis is really a play. Like I, I might have him in one lineup and just hope that I get lucky and go completely contrarian on the back end of that. Yeah, you know, play like you know Miles Sanders up against Pittsburgh or something like that. You know, I, I don't want to play. Or you could go and get Chase Edmonds cheap, although yeah. he's. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, we could talk about that AZ game too, because that's a big question. The the Chase versus Drake, you know, conversation with what's been going on. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there are definitely, I think you do have to go contrarian if you go with Mike Davis, right? The whole rest of your lineup has to be contrarian almost. Yeah. So do you, okay. Do you, my friend, do you go with, um, a Teddy B stack with Mike Davis if you do it, or do you go with a Robbie Anderson stack or a DJ Moore stack if you if you go with Mike Davis? DJ Moore is going to be the contrarian guy, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, he's going to DJ Moore is going to be the contrarian guy, but he's still he's still actually up there in ownership. He's at like uh, five or ten percent, so it, it's not like he's like not owned, but he's uh, like fifteen last time I saw. Yeah. Let me let me check it out real quick. So, oh, DJ Moore shot up. He's at eight percent owned, and Robbie Anderson is at twelve point six. Gotcha. So, I mean, the the thing is, what I'm looking at with with Mike Davis and what I'm kind of hoping for is like the Packers last week destroyed the Falcons, right? Destroyed them. But what happened was the secondary fell apart, and Deion yeah. Jones, who's normally contains like he normally contains the running back in the passing game. They dropped him into coverage uh, a, a large portion of that game because their secondary was so beat up. So yeah. when he got dropped into coverage, like deeper coverage to, uh, you know, kind of help out up against Tanya and, and a lot of these other guys that were crossed in the middle, it took him off the running back. And when he came yeah. off the running back, these running backs were just getting easy, easy yards time and time again. So yeah. Yeah, I, you saw a lot of Jamal Williams in, in that game. So. Oh, dude, a ton of it. So with Dion, Dion Jones, Jones owner, huh? <laughs> Made me mad as an Aaron Jones owner. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but that always happens. That, that happens like, you know, once a year. Or, uh, I'm sorry, like five times a year. So, but the thing uh, is, is Jones, the, the secondary is healthy overall. They're getting A.J. Terrell back from, from the COVID list. So Deion Jones could go back to shadowing the running back like he did before, and it could limit Davis's upside. Now, I'm not saying that Davis is a bad play by any stretch of imagination, but, you know, if he gets, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, 80 yards on six receptions and uh, 40 yards rushing and a touchdown, but he's chalk. I mean, I almost consider that a win if you can hit big on something else, but I mean, I think he could be limited even further than that. Like to, you know, maybe four catches for 20 yards and 40 yards rushing. And and I think that that could be like his, his essential floor, which Deion Jones could hold him to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know that I, ex- I, I expect the, uh, Carolina to get up that high on them. I don't, I don't expect that to happen, you know, against Atlanta. They could, they certainly could. They've got, I mean, that offense is clicking a lot better than it did last season. 
a lot better. I mean, it's like 14th right now overall, um, by DVOA. So that is, you know, they're, they're working, they're doing stuff. And, and all that Atlanta has seen leading up to this, they're, they're playing good offenses with the exception, exception of Chicago, you know, they, they've played Seattle, they've played Dallas and they've played green Bay. And so, yeah, those teams are going to put up points on them. They're going to put up a lot of points on them. So um, I think Carolina can do it too. Can they get up way up? I mean, let me see. Seattle's defense isn't that good. Got way up on them before they they started coming back. So um, could happen. Could happen. Let's hop over the other side of this ball. Right. Because okay. like the Panthers, right. They've actually been really good. Like you brought up earlier, they've been really good up against the wide receiver, right. And the quarterback, they shut down Hopkins. I mean, they kind of allowed big games to, to Evans and, and Keenan Allen, but overall they've been pretty damn good. Um, yeah. I might take a shot with Ridley to run it back just in case the Panthers do go up. Um, you know, what's obviously with Julio Jones that? questionable. What's up? Is it, is it, is what's Ridley's status as of now? Uh, Ridley, Ridley's still, uh, questionable as well, but he played last week on that ankle, and I don't think it got any worse. Meanwhile, Julio Jones actually got pulled out of the game because it did get worse, and I don't know if they're going to take another risk because it could hold Julio Jones back another week again. Yeah, he's he's still not. I don't think he plays this week. I really I don't, don't think Julio plays. So why would, do you go Ridley, or would you rather go Gage? I, Gage is probably going to be chalkier. So I like Ridley, but I'm actually thinking I'm going to focus on Gurley here. Uh, the Panthers have allowed eight touchdowns yeah. to the running back in 37 yeah. receptions. Uh, oh, yeah. We know in DFS how important those receptions are for the running back, right? You know, yeah. that's why Mike Davis is who he is right now. But uh, I know that Hill is Brian Hill's vulturing some third down snaps. Uh, you know, Gurley has five touches on, on third down so far this year. But I think yeah. that could change this week. Uh, both to hear what uh, to hear Whitehead and Shaq Thompson are being asked to cover the running back out of the backfield. And they have failed to be efficient with that. Uh, yeah. I, I think that Gurley could see a ton of snaps. And in addition, Jeremy Chin, who's the rookie over there in Carolina, has been a beast up against the tight end. So the tight ends are getting shut down, too. It might yeah. Gurley might be the only option in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I told you earlier, I really like Gurley in this game a lot. They're using him. People were worried about Gurley coming into the season. Oh, he's done. He's toast. You know, he's not. No, they're using him. He had uh, 16 carries last week, one reception, 14 carries the week before that one reception, 21 carries the week before that at Dallas. So they're they're running him, but you know, they do target. you, You just can't expect a lot of him out of the pass game, when you look at the, the passing uh, target breakdown, it is way wide receiver heavy, 112 to the wide receiver, 24 to the tight end and 29 to the running back position. And that's pretty much been a mix of, um, of Gurley of Hill and of Edo Smith. But when it comes to the red zone and you're looking at it, Gurley has 19 looks Oof. in the red zone yes. compared to Ridley. Ridley's the closest to him at nine. So yeah, he's going to have at least a touchdown. High this touch premium. Yeah. Target premium. I, I, no. I love Gurley. I, I don't think we need to talk too much more about it. Um, I, is Brian Hill an option, though? Because Brian Hill's getting looks. And although last week, I believe Ito Smith had 16 touches and or 16 snaps. And so did Brian Hill. Uh, yeah. You know, every other week before that, we've seen Brian Hill dominate the, the snaps. 
yeah, so. dominated the backup snaps. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, it, yeah. Last week it was uh, five touches for Smith, uh, six for Hill. So the, the week before that, 10 for Hill, zero for Smith. Um, the week before that, five for Hill, five for Smith. So it's, it's to me, there's just not enough in either of them to make them interesting to me. They also, um, you know, of the two of them, Hill has one touchdown on the year um, and that's it. So you'd really be targeting maybe a touchdown dart on either of those guys so but you're talking about with hill um and at four thousand that's as low as you can go with the running back it is but i i think i'd go somewhere else i think i'd much rather um see like i said chase edmonds is wasn't he, he was 45 or something? Seven. 47. 4,700. I'd much rather go chase Edmonds at 4,700. Definitely going to be a little chalkier. Definitely going to have some more people on him than on, on, uh, on Brian Hill, but he's definitely not going to goose egg for you. Well, Brian Hill is just getting the targets and he's not getting a ton of targets. He's getting two, two, three, and two. So it's not, yeah. it's not like a ton of targets, but in a game where your receivers are hurt, they're really super banged up. You can't pass the tight end because Jeremy Chin has been shutting shit down over there. Uh, you're talking about, you know, potentially seeing five, maybe six targets to, to Brian Hill. If not, they got to go to Gurley. So you're playing Gurley, but if Gurley's, you believe that Gurley won't be involved in the passing yeah. game, then I think Brian Hill, you have to think that he might get the targets. Yeah, but look at the, the red zone, right? I don't think he's going to get a lot of targets still. The, the, the receivers were banged up last week. Yeah, Julio was still in there. You know, I really have to find out if Ridley's going to be in there, if Julio's going to be in there. Russell Gage is still there, and Russell Gage and Hayden Hurst, even though they might not be, you know, a, a touchdown op- option, although Jordan Thomas did get a touchdown uh, last week. And, you know, he is. A, they are allowing, let me see, there's five um, last week, five to Hunter Henry receptions the week before that. OJ Howard only had one with Tampa Bay in week two, but you know, they they generally weren't targeting the tight end at that point that much. Um, and Darren Waller had six receptions. So um I think that I think I would trust Hunter Henry more than Brian Hill. Okay. I could take that. I could definitely see that one hundred percent. Just because when you look at, I mean, the the tight ends at the moment for Atlanta, not getting a lot of red zone looks. Again, I told you Gurley's getting 19, Ridley nine, Gage eight. Those are your red zone looks. Those that's, that's where they're going. Um, So again, I think I'd err on the side of Gage or Hunter Henry, as opposed to Hill. Now we had one game that I didn't, I didn't type down. And it's just because of the fact that I feel like every other DFS show is just, you know, hooting and hollering about it. And, you know, I don't know if he can get as high a scoring as we're hoping it will get. So I'm kind of hoping it will, you know, it'll bust and everybody will be off it. But the, the Cowboys and the Giants. Yeah, um, it, it's something where, you know, Slayton is definitely an option. Jones is an option. Prescott's an option. Mark Cooper, Gallup, C. Lamb, Zeke Elliott, like Evan Ingram. Like you have options everywhere, but... I kind of want to stay away from this game because I just think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of chalk. Like it's not showing up as huge chalk outside of Ezekiel Elliott so far, I think, 
but it, yeah, you have like Amari Cooper at 10%, um, you know, CeeDee Lamb. But I mean, I feel like all these guys are playable, but there's nothing really more to say about it because you know that they're playable. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's the game that a lot of people are going to target. It's Zeke is always going to be chalky, always. Um, you know, but again, when we're talking about running backs in this slate, there's a lot of good options. So there maybe, are. maybe he's not going to be quite as chalky as we think he is. I mean, what did did you say? What the chalk? Is, uh, what the ownership is on him yet? Yeah, he's. I didn't say what it was. Uh, he's the third highest owned. He's at forty seven point nine percent. Okay. But, you know, and, and when we look at the Cowboys, the Giants defense has actually been pretty good in terms of the f- amount of fantasy points that they're letting up. You know, the QB position, they are, they're, they're fourth in the league, 17 fantasy points per game. The running back position, 25. So that does speak well to, um, to Zeke and what he can do, you know, he's got 31 targets on the season, which is more than a lot of uh, wide receivers. So, you know, they're throwing the ball a lot, these Cowboys, and they have to. And when you're going up against the Giants, I mean, they are the 11th ranked defense by DVOA. So they're doing pretty good. It's their offense that stinks. Yeah. I mean, they don't, the thing is other teams don't need to score much up against them because yeah. Daniel Jones is turning the ball over. Yeah. So yeah. the Cowboys, the Cowboys defense is not uh, forcing many turnovers either. To be fair, we are going to, I guess, dive a little bit more into that here in a second, but there was only one other game that I really liked that I wanted to invest in heavily. And maybe you okay. can light me on, on another one. Okay. Um, but the, the uh, Bengals and Ravens. Okay. So Lamar, right, he had a scare earlier in the week, but he's good to go. So we don't need to worry about him. Uh, Harbaugh came out and said that he's, he's healthy. Uh, the running backs, though, are killing the Bengals, killing them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking back to the Eagles matchup where, where Wentz actually went, uh, you know, got nine rushing attempts for, for 65 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, they, they're also allowing that to the, to the quarterbacks as well. Um, is Jackson actually a play for you here? Like, how do you feel about Jackson? I feel like Jackson's a little off right now. He's, he's just a little off, which means he's due for a bounce back, right? And it's, so why not against Cincinnati? But Cincinnati, again, has been playing much better than, than we, we expected. Again, this is another defense that we targeted a lot last season and just have been showing up pretty well, you know? So when you look at what the quarterbacks have been doing, Baker had a good game against them in week two, two touchdowns, not a great game though. 219 passing yards, Carson Wentz. I'm not even going to talk about Carson Wentz because he's doing terrible. Um, He's just, he's off. Talk about somebody that's off. Um, But Gardner Minshew had a Great. 350 yards from you with uh, two touchdowns and an interception. So you can score here. You know, Carson Wentz, I I was just giving him crap and he wasn't, he hasn't been playing awesome, but he did have 65 rushing yards and a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. That's what I'm saying. They allow, they allow yards and and, and whatnot, (laughs) rushing attempts. So. So could be pretty good. I mean, and again, you know, we saw what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt did to them in week two, just kind of really had monster days themselves. I think I was up against both of them in one league where I had a, a, my opponent played both of them. And he is um, so- not chalk, by the way. 
He's actually owned uh, it less than 4.2%. Yep. Yeah, because you know what? He's, his fantasy point was he hasn't has been scoring that well. It, what is he at 17? Where was he? I was, I was trying to remember where he's at fantasy point wise. I have him at 21.6, but 21. that's 21.6. But that's, that's like not the No, that's like 10. That's lower than that. It's outside the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, way down. You know, let's put it this way. Ryan Fitzpatrick is scoring more than he is. Joe Burrow is scoring more than he is. I mean, the other people, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, those people, okay, you get that. But Fitzpatrick and Burrow are scoring more fantasy points per game than Lamar Jackson. And Minshew's right there. Yeah, it's actually eighth, but Minshew's like right there with him. Um, and then Ben Roethlisberger's right there with him too. So he's yeah. he's barely inside the top ten. Yeah, and still so his salary is still the most on the slate, which is probably why there's not a lot of people on him. Yeah, right? I, there's nobody on him. But this could be that game, that get right game. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure he destroys the Bengals every time they play. I know it's a slightly different defense, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't think I'm worried about um, Lamar, and I think he could be, like you said, he might be a really interesting play. But let's look at what he did last year versus Cincinnati: two thirty-six, zero and zero in the air, but one fifty-two and one on the ground. <laughs> one fifty-two. It was 223 and three in the air and 65 and one on the ground. So I think you can expect that you're probably going to get a rushing touchdown out of Lamar Jackson this week. I like it. Now, I know the Bengals have been pretty solid up against the wide receiver, but I really, really like, wait for it. Wait for it. I'm waiting for it. Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin, not Marquise Brown. I do like Marquise Brown, by the way, uh, if you want a tournament type winner, but. I actually am gravitating more towards Miles Boykin and having a breakout game this week. Uh, Mark Andrews got a little bit of an injury scare today. I think he's all right, but he didn't, pr- or yesterday, maybe it was Tuesday. But either way, he didn't practice yesterday, was limited, mm-hmm. li- was limited today. That's got me a little bit nervous. And then we have Boykin, who's going to line up either against Mackenzie Alexander if he plays or LaShawn Sims if he doesn't. Now, either one are an amazing matchup, but Sims in particular, since it's more likely that, that McKenzie sits has given up 149 yards and a touchdown in five quarters of football. That's it. That's it. So you're looking at a guy that is just feeding, feeding yards to, to these receivers. And that's the same side of the ball or the same side of the field that that Boykin plays on. So I really like miles Boykin, especially with Boyle being limited practice as well. Uh, How are you feeling about this? Um, you know, he, he's 4k. I don't hate it. I think I'd go down to DuVernay at 3k though. Um, again, here's, here's the problem with that. Cause when you're, when you're looking at those, you're not looking at targets and you're not looking at receptions cause they're just not getting that much. They're going to be, I think, like you said, we're going to see a lot of run game here from Baltimore. Um, between Lamar and and his running backs, his his eighty seven running backs that he has um, that they're working with. Um, but when you look at the red zone, Lamar has twenty four um, targets, touches, touches, not targets, obviously, in the red zone. The next closest, Mark Ingram with eight. So you know, so when and then of course Lamar's is both rushing and passing. But 
with Lamar, with Ingram with eight, Andrews with six, that's the most, you know? And so Lamar is, I think I, I, I'd go a little bit cheaper if I'm going to, because Boykin has, I don't have the target share in front of me right now. And I know that DuVernay is kind of, he is what I like to call, um, not hit or miss. He's, he's, uh, what's the word volatile. I'm looking for? Volatile? No, not even volatile. He's, he's kind of, he's cute. He's interesting. He's, he's got inconsistent. Nope. That's not it either. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Oh, he's not novel. Novel is the word that he's novel, right? He's new. He's interesting. People like, you know, what they saw out of him. You know, he's running the ball back and he has, he has a touchdown on the season, which is more than we can say about Boykin. So, um, I think that if I'm going to dart throw somebody here, I'm going to dart throw DuVernay. My thought process is just more of the matchup and also the snaps. So Miles Boykin yep. only has three snaps less than Marquise Brown on the season. And he's actually out snapped him weeks one through three. He just fell off up against Washington, Washington because it wasn't a good matchup. And because they didn't yeah. want to mix in a little bit more Snead underneath because those cornerbacks on the outside for Washington are actually surprisingly very good. So they yeah. took Miles Boykin out and played a little bit more Willie Snead underneath. But, but yeah. uh, the thing with, with uh, Devin Duvernay is he hasn't seen more than 16 snaps. And... He also lines up on the right just as much as he lines up on the left. And, and when you can try and take advantage of a, of a matchup with Sims, uh, Boykin has all the physical traits to be an alpha wide receiver. He just hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. And whether that's on him or, or Lamar, I'm, I'm unsure of. But I do know that, that you know, with, with Mark Andrews potentially being out, we don't know yet. And also Boyle potentially being out, we don't know yet. Uh, Miles Boykin could be the red zone target. He could be the guy to go to in the red zone. So yeah. if he can get those I like targets, process. I like it. I, I appreciate it. It's a uh, process. It's not proven, but it's a process in order to find it. It's the right process. <laughs> is it, is it really working hard to make Boykin work? But you know, he's cheap, right? He's, he's cheap. And so it could be, it could be a brilliant play. Then no doubt about it. And these are the things that you have to find in DFS. These are the things that these little nuggets is, are what you have to find in DFS. But to be honest, is this the game where you're going to look for that, that nugget? Is that is the Baltimore pass game where you're going to try to find your nugget? I just think that nobody's going to be on it. Um, So that's why I like that nugget. And I I came up with the same sort of thing for Andy Isabella. You know, it took the right I took the right process in order to get there. And normally when you take dart throws like this, it doesn't work out. If it worked out, we'd be taking dart throws for every position, you know, but these type of dart throws can absolutely work. And and, you know, up against this defense who, like I said, has been good up against the wide receiver. So people aren't going to see, you know, this bright, shining, you know, obvious thing to go with he could actually be the right guy but like nice. you said they're probably going to be running right like that's yeah. what they're going to do and, and we yeah. all know that so which running like, back are you going to go with <laughs> i mean you killed you killed the, the andy isabella call what was that last week the week before i think it was two weeks ago yeah yeah, yeah i mean you nailed it the, the, the like you were talking about andy isabella and i was like really because i sit here in arizona going they're just not using him. And there he was two touchdowns. The way to go chase. Nice job. Props to chase. Um, so you were saying which, uh, which running back would I target on the Ravens? 
Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. which running back would you uh, would you go after on the Ravens if you are going to play this running game? Because it's all over the place. The snap counts and everything are just all over the place. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, you've got Mark Ingram at the, is the most expensive at 5,400, but he does get the most red zone looks, too. He and also had the least amount of snaps last week, too. Yeah. But, I mean... It, he had the least amount of snaps last week. What about the week before that? What about yeah, the week he, he probably that? led the, the previous three. We just don't know yeah. which one to go with. So. so it is. And so that's usually a situation where I kind of stay away from it because quite honestly, I'm, I don't think that they're going to be scoring. If, if they're scoring on the ground, it's going to be Lamar. We just talked about, you know, the Lamar's history against this, um, against the the Cincinnati Bengals, right? He's had a rushing touchdown in each of those. Um, you know, the, they are giving up, the Bengals are giving up touchdowns. They didn't give up any last week to James Robinson, my boy, J-Rob. <laughs> they didn't give up any the week before that to Philly. Um, but then they gave up three the week before that to, to oh. Cleveland. So. Four, including the reception. Yeah, but I'm talking about on the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, because I think, I mean, other than, I mean, we're going to see, like you said, if the if the tight ends are, are not there and available for Lamar Jackson, are we going to see more of a pass game with the running backs involved? Because we haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, last week, two receptions amongst the running backs. <sighs> the week before that four but it was all to Dobbins so I think if I'm going anybody here I have to go Dobbins because he is the only one that has had more than two receptions Ingram's not getting the receptions he's had two weeks with zero receptions and then he had two in week two so and Edwards is getting zero receptions Edwards is not being targeted in the in the in the pass game at all so I guess if I'm, I'm looking at anybody I'm looking at Dobbins yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I might go Ingram to be contrarian. You know how we were talking about yeah. playing a contrarian play? I think Ingram, yeah. his ownership's going to be non-existent almost. And Gus is a, you know, a, a okay dart throw. But I probably am staying away from all three of these running backs in 99.9% of my lineups. Yeah, I could see, I could see, I mean, we could see Lamar have all of the, the rushing touchdowns, He could have right? three. He could have three this game. He exactly. Really could. Exactly. So, hey, you know what? That that paying up for Lamar might do, we might be talking ourselves into that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I really do. I like it. All right. So, I don't really love anybody on the Bengals side of things to run it back. You know, normally we talk about somebody on the side that we go with, but like, there's so many wide receivers. Their snap counts are so all over the place. The only one that's getting yeah. consistent snaps is AJ Green, who's not producing, and Tyler Boyd, who might have a limited upside in this Baltimore game. I mean, if I have to run it back, I might run it back with Boyd, but yeah. uh, Mixon's upside is limited. I, I just don't like it. Uh, anybody yeah. that you like playing in this matchup? Yeah, it's you know, I, Boyd has been getting he's been getting the targets right. I mean, everybody, everybody's all about uh, Higgins because again, he's the new shiny penny. So everybody likes Higgins a lot. Um, but when you look at the the breakdown, I mean, Boyd, Boyd is getting more receptions on a weekly basis than, than Higgins is. Higgins is playing more. Who's playing more in the slot? 
Uh, Boyd. Boyd is crushing the slot snaps. Boyd, Boyd is playing more in the slot. And when you look at Baltimore and what they're giving up, let me see here. And I'm looking at the targets too. The targets here are very wide receiver heavy. 112, um, 112 targets to the wide receiver, 16 to tight end. Mixon's had 15, but eight of those came last week. So I, I think that it's, it's Boyd that I would come back with because yeah. we have seen, I mean, Terry McLaurin, who went 10 for 118, they gave up two passing uh, touchdowns to KC in week three. Um, so that was Tyreek. Tyreek in the slot, or I mean, he plays yeah. mostly in the slot. Yeah, and so, Michael Hartman plays a lot in the slot too, who they gave up uh, 81 in a touchdown. He won in a touchdown. Tyreek had 77 in a touchdown. Uh, Randall Cobb didn't do a whole heck of a lot. He did have five receptions for 59 yards. So I think that I, for me, I, I would go Boyd. Of course, he's probably going to be the most popular of those two, right? So in other words, but, play the Ravens defense because you're going to get opportunity, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for interceptions. Yeah, I mean you've got you've got a, a rookie QB. Although he's Burrow's been playing well, but it's still a rookie QB. So you do like to target those guys. He's only have has two interceptions on the season. Um, but when he played the Chargers, which was is a pretty good defense in Week One. Of course, it was his first game of his NFL career, 193, zero touchdowns, uh, zero passing touchdowns, one interception, but he did have a touchdown on the ground. So I don't hate the Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore defense call at all. I think it could be, um, he's actually thrown five interceptable passes as well. So, you know, interceptable passes. Yeah. And then five dangerous plays, which accounts for a player that, that lacks awareness or took an unnecessary risk you know, that they could have resulted in a turnover. So for example, you know, Trent spends so much time in the pocket, right. Or does something along those lines where it, it could have lead, led to a turnover, but it did not. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I, I guess my answer in this game is I probably wouldn't target this game as, as something I'm going to have a lot of ownership in. Um, you know, if I want a Lamar, that's probably all I'm looking at. Yeah, I think I just wanted to highlight Boykin. I think that's the only reason why I brought this. You know what? You got your your boy in there, boy Boykin. But, you know, so we do need to make some bets because if uh, it's my my Devernay guy who gets in there, then I win. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, we need to to do something. We need to line something up with these bets. All right, so I, I was sitting there looking through it, and normally I can find like two or three games where I like a running back stack along with a defense stack, right? Like that's one of my favorite things to play because typically when you have a team up, they're going to run a lot more often and the defense, you know, the the other team's going to have to pass. The defense can get a lot of interceptions and it's something that I gravitate towards constantly. But this week, I just, I really couldn't find anything outside of Dallas up against the Giants. What about Indy and Cleveland? So uh, Indy and Cleveland, I don't know which side you think can go up because Honestly, both these defenses are really good, and I think it's going to be very, very low scoring compared to what we've seen previously from from these two teams from week to week. I mean, yeah, but yeah, I, I hear you. There, there is that. But when you look at uh, 
I mean, the, the indie defense is really, really good against the QB, against yep. the RB, against the tight end. Um, you know, they're a little bit softer against the wide receiver. Um, but, you know, can you trust the, the Cleveland pass game? Not really. Um, Indy's got the number one defense by DVOA. Um, so I think I'd take their defense and maybe JT. You just made me um, so happy, by the way, because I didn't realize that. And I wrote an article in the offseason about how the Colts were the defense to own this year. And yeah. especially in Dynasty, where you can have them year after year after year. You just made mm. me so happy. <laughs> just made me so happy like i lit up like a christmas tree that was my number one probably you know bold take of the year because the colts defense was you know so bad you know with their injuries and whatnot over the previous years but anyway yeah i just yeah. i don't i don't love the game like i don't love this this stack i mean i think there's defenses you can play without a running back and i think that there's there's certain games where you could look forward to it but it's like do i really like the running back in the defense stack that's fair. That's fair. Well, it's, it's it, the whole point. I mean, it's still, if you're thinking of something that's not going to be a very high scoring game, cause that's what you're targeting, right? When you have a running back and a defense stack, I, I mean, Cleveland, are they giving up points to the, the opposing opposing defenses? Now let's take Dallas out of consideration <laughs> when, when uh, that game where they were able to score, that many points almost 50 that's insane the amount of points they were able to score so but you know week one against a really good defense in baltimore cleveland only scored six points yeah but i think for tournaments you're looking for that interception you know type upside where you're going to have the other team you know passing you know 45 Mm -hmm. times like you want that that upside of a pick six and You know, it's like obviously Daniel Jones gives you that on a, you know, sack fumble, you know, return for a touchdown. Yeah. But I mean, inter- Baker Mayfield's only thrown three interceptable passes so far this year. Okay. He, he's not a guy that he's actually very safe with the ball because Stefanski's limiting, you know, his, his reads. He's limiting what he can actually do with the ball. So although they might not be scored a ton of points, they're also not turning the ball over. And I want turnovers, baby. I want that. I want that 15 point finish from yeah. a defense. You want you well, then why not target the AZ defense? Uh, with they're playing the Jets. With Flacco and the Jets. The Jets are. I mean, obviously it's Flacco this week instead of Sam Darnold, but you I know, like Flacco's known for uh, <laughs> not being awesome. So it's and then you've got you know you could get really contrarian and go chase instead of drake that's what um, i actually like i like that stack as soon as you said that that's exactly where my mind went i was you're like huh? you you just you just sparked it again you just sparked my mind <laughs> um so Bo brought up on here uh steelers and connor and although i love love the steelers defense this week i'm mm-hmm. not that high on connor i've watched the philadelphia eagles play a, a, a few games i've gotten to rewatch their stuff and that's, that Eagles defense is tough to run against up the middle. Uh, you can pass on them to an extent to the running back, but mm-hmm. trying to you know run up the middle against them, it just doesn't happen. What so, about the tight end and, and, the, and the Steelers D? What about Zach Ertz? Wait, in the Steelers D? So you're going to... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can, you can counter each other. I like that one. But I was just looking for a running back. 
uh, yeah. you know, Steelers. I know. I know it's, it's different, right? It's a different type of stack. Going I like with that the type. though. I mean, I think that Ertz is going to crush it for sure. Uh, it makes me mm. a little bit nervous. So anytime that, that you have that, but I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to score. So I kind of like that take. And when they do score, it's either going to be through Miles Sanders or Zach Ertz, yeah. most likely Zach Ertz though. Yeah. So, so it could be, <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got some options here. We got some options. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to, to the next thing. And that's the sneaky good plays of the week. Um, maybe okay. the price is too high, right? So it's dropping ownership down or maybe a player like Brandon cooks, you know, had a, had a recent dud Calvin Ridley's another example. So it might drive ownership down. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Jacobs versus Kansas city at 6,300. What do you think about Josh Jacobs this week? You know, teams or players are going to be afraid to, to play him because, you know, they might be down, they might be losing, but Jacobs actually been involved in the passing game. Meanwhile, his ownership yeah. isn't even on the board. So yeah. it, do you like Josh Jacobs this week? Actually, his ownership I, jumped up to 6.3% recently, but I still think that's low. I saw him in there earlier. Um, you know, I, I love Josh Jacobs and, and so does, you know, we know that, that Gruden loves Josh Jacobs as well. So that to me, that's, that's always a reason to play somebody. He's touching the ball a lot. So, I mean, it definitely has fallen off the past couple of games. You know, we saw that first like breakout game from him and then everybody forgot about him because he's kind of been quiet. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> quiet. Yeah. But they are getting him more involved in the past game, but you know what? They're throwing the ball a little bit more too. We're seeing good games out of Renfro. We're seeing good games out of freaking Nelson Aguilar. So, you know, there's some good stuff that's happening there. The, like I said, the Las Vegas offense is sneaky good. They, they're 10th by DVOA. They're, they're doing good things. It's their defense that's really bad. So, and they're going to have to, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. The only reason that I, I'm, I'm worried about Jacobs is because they are going to have to throw the ball a lot. They have to keep up with Casey. And Casey's going to score a lot of points. So, you know, Jacobs, what's his price point at? That's going to be the difference. If, let me see. What do they have him at here? Uh, 6,300. 6,300. I, I like him at that price. I think he's a smash play. Kansas City gives up points to the running back, and, and they want to keep Kansas City's offense off the field. I think Josh Jacobs is a smash play. Yeah, I mean he's getting he's getting the touches, and so it, that's really all that matters there. It's at sixty three hundred. It's it, I I do worry about him though. I do. Yeah. I do it's something worry to worry about. about. Now Bo did point out, he by the way, rugs. He's not had a touchdown since week one. Which yeah, means he's it's fine. <laughs> it's time. The ownership's off. He's been it's he's been sleeping. It's that time. No, but but Ruggs is actually in this game, and I do love Ruggs, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, is Nelson Aguilar has been good in this role. At practice, that doesn't mean he's in the game, though, right? He's has in the he game. been? Has he been? I think the question oh t- tag got torn off him, from what I saw. Yeah. It's, okay. All I right. think. I think. Yeah. Injuries they change like so quickly this season that. Uh, let me see. I'm, I'm looking at the latest injury report. Hold, please. And I'll see what they say. But yeah, I, I mean, I would love, I hope that Ruggs is back. I'd love to see him. Not for my Darren Waller shares, just because <laughs> I think they, when he's on the field, they like to attack him. So, uh, and I love what I see out of him. So Brian Edwards is out. It's still questionable. Is Ruggs it? is still questionable. Yeah. So, um, but he, 
he can be a real sneaky play too. If he doesn't, if they don't, uh, you know, if they don't call him in until closer to game time, he could be a real sneaky one to get in there. Oops. What's his price point up? Sorry, I didn't mean to pull that up yet. Um, for for rugs. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that one. Yeah, I'll look at it. All right, cool. Um, so let me see here. Forty-seven hundred. Dude, that's has been tough against the the wide receiver. You know, the, they're first against the wide receiver, but they're not unbeatable. They're you not. know, Fuller had one hundred and twelve yards. They've only given up two passing touchdowns this uh, this season so far, but one to Nikhil Harry, which really speaks to Ruggs's you know upside there, and then one to Jalen Guyton. The speedster. That's why I like rugs. That's why I like rugs. They can beat him with speed. So rugs, if if rugs plays, I think he might be a real sneaky, sneaky guy to get in there. Because when we saw him, when he was in the game week one with Derek Carr, Derek Carr was peppering him with target. (laughs) Oh God. He was four for 55 or something like that before he got hurt in the three. Okay. And that didn't he get hurt like in the first quarter or something? Uh, the, the second quarter. And then the next play, after he got hurt, Nelson Aguilar came in for him. Yeah. Played his exact role and caught a touchdown pass for 25 yards or like 30 yards. No, that was, no, it was Jones. Jones did. No, no, it was, it was Aguilar. It was Aguilar on the outside. It was uh, almost like a fade route. 23, yep. It was one uh, for 23 yards, yep. Yeah, it was off by two yards. All right, yeah. so I got another guy that's kind of hiding in plain sight. Um, okay. And I understand like, He's might be slightly owned, but Juju Smith-Schuster up against Philly for 6,500. We talk about Darius Slay being a shutdown corner, but he could be on. He's actually projected to be up against Deontay Johnson. Uh, Slay only. What's up? Who's back? What do you mean? Who's back? Well, oh, why am I thinking he was out? He might have been. Oh, Is he out? Because everybody was out last week. <laughs> well, Slay oh. only travels to the slot in 11.1% of the snaps. And that's yeah. where Juju Smith-Schuster lives. So I love yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster this week. Got it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Juju. He's just not getting quite as involved. You know, we're seeing a lot of Deontay Johnson and not quite as much... Um, Juju as I like. I mean, he had seven receptions week two against Denver and six in week one against the Giants. But yeah, I, I mean, I I can never be down on Juju, and his price point has to be pretty low this week because number one, people have forgotten about him, That's... and people have forgotten how good he is when he's back in the. Are they playing him back in the slot more? Do you know? Yes, he is. Uh, he's playing a lot more in the slot. Let me yeah. see. It's it's loading up as we speak. But I mean, he's been the slot guy. So out of 172 snaps, 132 of them have been out of the slot. Okay. So that's only four or uh, 40 other other snaps that have been not in the slot. Uh, he okay. is he is the slot guy. Nobody else has more than 39 snaps in the slot. Oh, I'm sorry. Chase Claypool has 46. Okay. All right. So he's, he's a slot guy. The the thing that I worry about is we're seeing, um, a little bit more Ebron in the world too. 
um, within that Pittsburgh Steelers world. We're seeing a little bit more Ebron and he's Ebron's getting a lot of the, the red zone looks as well. So, you know, and then last week he had seven targets and we all know that Philly is trashed against the tight end position. So the only thing that worries me about like touchdown upside, which is really what I'm looking for here is, um, is that, that it may be Ebron that gets the touchdowns instead of Juju. Uh, what do you think? I just think that Ebron's like just so, so damn sketch. I mean, we, we talk about the targets. I think he had, uh, she just started like six, eight and five targets. If I remember correctly in the three weeks they played. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. you know, Ebron did see seven last week, but he's only seen five and two in the other weeks. And Deontay Johnson's seen him, but he has to face up against Darius Slade this week. So I just don't, I'm, yeah. I don't like that. I, I'm but not Ebron a big fan. More and more each week, he's getting more targets. So you're looking at the progression going, all right, there's some synergy there. And then when you look at the fact that, that the Eagles have actually been really good against wide receivers, touchdown wise i mean they've only let up two touchdowns and both of those were to t higgins well so i mean so that those la rams none of the rams were able to score on him terry mclaurin was not able to score on him you know uh none of the san francisco 49ers were able to score on but they've given up five touchdowns to the tight end position so i always had a rule for myself okay whenever uh uh nikki roby coleman is ever in the game, Nikhil Roby Coleman, I think, is ever yeah. in the game and he's playing in the slot. That's where you attack because yeah, like he's actually really good rated overall, but he's rated yeah. that well overall because everybody attacks him constantly. And so they have to give <laughs> safety help some of the time because he's so bad and he's, he's completely overrated as a cornerback. He's one of the most yeah. overrated cornerbacks there is now, you know, with Devontae Maddox out, it, it, he might end up sliding the outside. But either way, I there's certain slot corners that I look at. And if there's a Supreme guy that, that will slide to the slot, like, you know, we, we saw uh, Hopkins do last year, you know, like we're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, Juju Smith-Schuster do like we see Devonte Adams do. If there's a Supreme athlete that is going to be facing this guy in the slot, I am playing that guy, no matter what, like I'm getting yeah. him in most of my lineups and, and Nicole, Nickel Roby Coleman is, is that guy for me. So I'm playing Juju Smith-Schuster. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Tyler Boyd was able to do to get 10 receptions for 125 yards, you know, so he, he scored well. He didn't score, but um, he, he still was able to get some receptions and a lot of yards. And Cooper Cup, you know, in the slot, five for 81. Uh, Steven Sims, three for 50. And he sucks. Yeah. And then uh, Debo, three for 35. But you know when I'm looking, but it was Ayuk that was in the slot last week. Debo did get his snaps in the slot, but Ayuk Ayuk was the main guy, I believe, in the slot. Eighteen in the slot. How much? He had had two for eighteen. Two for eighteen. He did have a thirty-eight yard run for a touchdown, so that's where his fantasy points came from last week. But he only had two receptions, five targets, two receptions for eighteen. That quarterback play was terrible. Different quarterbacks, yeah. So. Um, so there's that, but you know, and, and I understand you're saying, so Nikel Roby Coleman, 8% targets per route is what he's at right now. He's getting 8% targets per route, um, in, in coverage. So it's not a bad thing, 
Yeah, and, and you're looking at a team that, that's spread it around, by the way. I mean, when we look at the wide receivers and the targets from Jared Goff, he spread it around the whole entire offense. I mean, there were, yeah. there were five receivers that were getting looks. Uh, yeah. for, for the Bengals, it was the same thing. It was T. Higgins, Boyd, A.J. Green, Auden Tate, Mike Thomas. They all got targets. So yeah. when you have a guy that could get all the targets, especially with Slay back in the lineup, I, I think yeah. that, that it's going to be cooking time. It's going to be cooking time for, for Juju Smith-Schuster. All right. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Hey, I'd like to see him go for 10 for yeah. 125. So. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. He doesn't even have to score. You know, he can, I mean, he, he can score. That'd be and, nice. That'd be really nice. But, you know, is 6,700. Look at the guys around him. You've got Julio. You've got Tyreek. You've got Will Fuller. You've got Cooper Cup. Um, nobody having a really great kind of matchup, but, um, you know, Juju's 17.7 fantasy points per game so far this season. So he's quietly doing all right. (laughs) Yeah, he's doing pretty all right for sure. (laughs) Uh, All right. So another guy that I'm having a ton of my lineups is Darius Slayton at 4,800. They're up against Cowboys. We're assuming the Cowboys are going to be up. They're going to have to pass. The secondary is not good. Yeah, I, I like Darius Slayton a lot. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to play a lot of this this matchup just because I think it's going to be you know just a little chalk, bit overplayed. Yeah, say yeah. don't you think he's going he's going to be pretty chalky? I do think that he's going to be chalky, but that's why I don't want to stack him with anybody in this. I just want to get him in my lineups. Just, just have the points in there. Just okay. have the points. I mean, yeah, he's at thirty seven point nine percent ownership, and, and the thing is at forty eight hundred. You know, a chalk option like that isn't going to, I guess, necessarily break my lineup. Yeah. But it could make my lineup. So when you look at a chalk option like Ezekiel Elliott, that could break your lineup. Like that, if yeah. he doesn't go off, then then you're broken. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're fucked. Uh, with yeah. with 4,800, that's not going to break your lineup. So that's kind of why I like, I like Darius Slayton. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you there. You know, when you're looking at the perimeter... For the Cowboys and the perimeter receivers, give up the second most fantasy points. Um, they're tougher in the slot. Thirty-first, they're second um, toughest versus the slot. So that takes Tate out of your consideration there. Um, so I think that Slayton absolutely could be your guy. Um, you know they did. They you know they held Cooper Cup to four for forty. Russell Gage for six for forty-six plus a touchdown. Um, and meanwhile, Ridley went off for seven and one Oh nine and two touchdowns. On the outside. Yeah. But Tyler Lockett, who plays mostly in the slot, nine receptions for a hundred yards, three touchdowns. I think on two of those touchdowns that came from the outside, I, I want to say, I don't remember exactly, but I think he lined up on the right outside for two of those touchdowns. One was a crossing uh, a route that he ran wow. caught in the middle. And actually the safety got credited with the, yeah. uh, with the coverage in that situation. Okay. I, yeah. I don't think he came out of the slot, though, for two of those touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, 4800 bucks for Darius Slayton, 4600 for Golden Tate. And when you look at the breakdown of what the Cowboys – I mean, Odell Beckham had two touchdowns, um, one of them thrown to him by Jarvis Landry. So, uh, But Jarvis Landry in the slot only had five for 48. Yeah, I'm not Back. touching the slot. I think Darius Slayton is the play for the for the Giants yeah. side. Yeah, Tate, Golden Tate is the slot guy there, and so Darius Slayton, I, I think it's a I think it's a really good play at that price point. There's, have you seen what the ownership is like on him? Yeah, for Slayton, it's yeah. at like 37 percent or 47. You don't mind doing that. 
What about, um, I mean, that's, that's, I don't think you want to go any lower than that. I don't think you want to go to a guy like Ratley, right? So uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that mess. Plus, I mean, because you can have Slayton for 200 for, I mean, I think if you're trying to fit somebody into your lineup, you know, and you, you, you need to fill a spot and you don't have a lot of money, it's not a bad choice to go with, um, or CJ board, but yeah, I, I mean, the rookie over there is, is the rookie's going to be lining up on the same side. And he's allowing 266 yards so far this season uh, while in, in man coverage. So yeah. that, it's not going to be good. And then Jordan Lewis, if he ends up going the other side, it's not much better. He's allowed two touchdowns so far. Uh, the safeties yep. are both getting crushed. The safeties are brutal over there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that, that Slayton has some big time upside. And like I said, with 4,800, you know, if he gives you four for you know, 50 yards, it's not going to kill you because it's 4,800. Yep. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I love that play. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great sneaky play. That I think that's your winner right there this week, Chase. Well, that's the one you're going to be doing the victory dance to. I, I think it's the winner with 37.8% of other people too. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my two favorites uh, this week when it comes to you know, this rain is Mo Alley-Cox up against Cleveland, who's been terrible up against tight end, and Drew Sample up against Baltimore. Uh, Bo mentioned it earlier. I love Drew Sample up against Baltimore. Yep. Um, I, I didn't have it as a stack necessarily because I kind of want to play it independently. I don't want to play Joe Burrow. Uh, meanwhile, Milali Cox is a smash play, and he's actually not chalky. Uh, I don't really know how because he's pretty cheap overall. I, you know, I can't get on the Cox train. I just, I, <laughs> I just can't. I, you know, it's because. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. I can't get up. God, is that the show name now? <laughs> the cock train. I'm not doing it. I'm off. Off oh. the cock. Um, <sighs> yeah. I know there's, he's one of those names that you hear a lot about and people are really high on him and I get it. I understand it. And, and Cleveland is bad against the tight end position, but Indy's just, I don't, think that they're targeting when you look at the target breakdown 68 to the wide receiver 24 to the tight end 32 to the running back they are targeting their running backs more than they are their tight ends and when it comes to the red zone it's all running back it's all jt and and naheem hines so could you maybe get i like the drew sample call a lot better than the mo alley cox call um and yeah you know the ravens they've given up two touchdowns to the uh because that's what you're going for here you're with with cox you are looking for the touchdown upside right yep yeah you're looking for the touchdown upside and he has he's had a touchdown in the past two games and that's what and then you're looking at that game in in week two where he had five for 111 yards against minnesota but I don't see it happening in this because again, the Ravens have only given up two touchdowns the first four weeks to the tight end position. Um, I'm, not, I'm just not seeing it. Of course, they've only given up two, uh, two touchdowns to the wide receiver position too. <laughs> so <sighs> pretty good. And two touchdowns to the running back position too. Really? No. <laughs> so, I mean, there is all of that, but I think that I, I, definitely prefer 
the Drew Sample. And I'm, I'm a little butthurt at Drew Sample because he did let me down a few weeks ago when after, you know, after Uzoma got hurt and it might not have been his fault. It actually just might've been Burrow's fault for not targeting him enough. It was crazy. Uh, he had 45 passes in that game, 45 yeah. passes. And you're not going to target sample once. Like, I oh, like my God, I was pulling up my hair. I had sample yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I did too. I did too. And well, and then he did come back last week and had three catches for 47 yards, but it wasn't the seven for 45 against Cleveland that he had. So, um, but it, I, I like his upside a little bit better um, at Baltimore than, than, uh, uh, Mo Alley Cox. Then Mo Alley Cox. At yeah. Cleveland. At Cleveland. So. Exactly. I know that you have plans for tonight, so I don't want to hold you up too much. Um, do you, if we run through these flyers and, and not really talk about them, we just run through them. Do you have time okay. to set a lineup with me? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Let's, let's run through these to make sure you can get out of here so you can go, uh, you know, pursue those plans with your husband. I have my date night with my husband. I started, I already had a glass of champagne. Um, so you need another I'm one. Warmed up. <laughs> I do need another one. You're right. I need another champagne. My glass is empty. Empty. If I say it loud enough, it might magically refill itself. Magically, or is that going to be your husband? <laughs> if you want to, I can run through these real quick while you go refill. Uh, there is one that I want to ask you about, but there's going to be there will be some champagne coming in. There's Oh, Magic. You are so lucky. So I, I, I wish I could find myself a husband like that. I mean, come I know, on. I know. He's a good one. It's like a magic laundry basket it, that we have in the <laughs> Have you guys seen that coffee table? That coffee table uh, uh, video? Where yeah. The, the, magic co- the, <laughs> wait, the magic laundry basket on the coffee table? No, no. It's just the coffee table. Oh. Like the husband talks about putting, you know, stuff on the coffee oh, table and how it just disappears the next day. Yeah. I think yeah, it was like a beer commercial or something. Yeah. A magic laundry basket is the same way. All right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and right. run through these. Um, we have for the flyers, guys, these are flyers. These are guys that we're not really believing are going to go off, but okay. you know, could go off Matt Breida revenge game, right? No, I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> Good way to start this one out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh man. We're talking about Dobbins, uh, 4,300 against Cincy led the running backs in snaps. Uh, Chase Edmonds at the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claypool up against Philly's interesting tournament play. Uh, he's eaten into Washington snaps and has seen inc- steady increase in snaps and he's making big plays. Um, Fulgham, Travis Fulgham. Big shout out to Fulgham. He actually went to school right down the street from me. Uh, Fulgham up against the Steelers for the Eagles. Excuse me, at 3K. Jeff Smith at 3K. And Jordan Aikens. Now, there's okay. two that I want your input on. Jeff Smith had a great game last week. Uh, is he playable this week? You can just say yes or no or, or elaborate if you want to. Jeff Smith. Oh, God. I'm going to go with no. I don't trust any Jets anytime. Flacco's in there. No, I'm going no. All right. The other one is Kyle Allen. He's only 4,100 up against the Rams. I love to check down the running back, right? And the Rams yeah. are allowing 52 yards per game up against pass catching running backs. Meanwhile, they haven't played a ton of them. Uh, Gibson yeah. makes, it becomes an interesting play as well. But would you play Kyle Allen? Because if he can get you 20 points, 
That's like an insane ROI. And you could have a, I already did like 10 lineups this week and I have Kyle Allen in like three or four of them for some weird reason. Yeah. Uh, do you think Kyle Allen can actually get you those, those 20 points? Are you willing to play him? Yeah, the only thing I worry about Kyle Allen is, well, he's going to play the whole game. They're not going to put Alex Smith in there, and they 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 have um, they have Haskins is inactive, so he has to play the whole game. I don't hate it. I mean, you know, the Rams give up a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position, so you can see Allen. I mean, you know, when he was down in Carolina, he targeted the the tight end quite a bit, so. Could you see that happen again? Could you see him targeting, you know, Antonio Gibson quite a bit again? You know, the, the Washington does target the running back super heavy in the red zone, 25 as opposed to eight to wide receivers, six to tight ends. So I, I don't hate it. I think Kyle Allen could be a real sneaky play versus the Rams. I like Kyle Allen a lot. And I think it could be in a lot of these, these uh, tournament winning lineups, you know, and even cash, like cash games. He's super viable, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cash game, especially, I, I mean, are you stacking him or are you, are you leaving him alone? I would go with, uh, I would go with, with Gibson. Yeah. I, Gibson. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, I'm not going to touch Terry McLaurin this week up against Ramsey. I just can't no. do it. He, he's no. proven to be matchup proof, but honestly, his matchups haven't been that, that tough. You know, Ramsey's still one of the best corners in the league. And, and Ramsey, he, he wins some, he loses some, but most of the time he's winning. Yeah. 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 It's, he, he's been pretty strong. I, <laughs> I don't blame you there. Uh, Bo over here said uh, Zacchaeus. Pretty sure that's how you say it. I may be yeah. Wrong. Yeah, he, he he's talking about in Atlanta, yeah. right? Yeah. So, ah, I, I, you know, it's funny. We always we get these guys that are they're, they're hot for a moment, right? Hot for a moment. He had a big game. I don't know that I'm chasing those points though. Yeah. But if 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 we have you know Julio Jones out, maybe maybe I would. I mean, he's cheap. He's cheap enough. He is, and he could go off, but I mean, honestly, he's more of a gadget guy. Uh, he's like, you know, the poor man's version of Jamison Crowder, and he's not going to get you that upside in the targets. I, I'm yeah. not a big fan of him, maybe in cash games, but not in tournaments. I know, but yeah, I mean, you do see Matt Ryan looking at him quite a bit, but I really think that for Atlanta's side, we're going to see more Gurley than anything else. Gurley is where the money is. On yes, I love Gurley. I love Gurley. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and, and line this up. Can you see this all right? Uh, yep. Okay, um, we're going to start out with, of course, a stack. And, I mean, I kind of talked myself into Lamar Jackson, but it's going to be I tough. I know, I did too. I'm like, we got to do Lamar. You want to do Lamar? <laughs> Let's do Lamar. This is the second time we've done it. We're going to run Lamar by himself. Like, <laughs> the first time we did Cam Newton by himself. Now we're doing Lamar Jackson by himself. This is a great show. Yeah, fantastic. He had three rushing touchdowns in that game. Oh, man. No, yeah, he did. He crushed it. So, I mean, when me and you are are partnered up together, we're going with running quarterbacks, I guess. All right, so that means we're going to have to go lower end on some of these running backs, of course, unless you would like to... Good choices. All right. Uh, Yeah, we actually do this week. This I always like to play the higher end uh, running backs. You know, like I want a top five running back every week in both my slots if I can do that. However, this is the week where you could go a little bit cheaper, in my opinion. How do you feel about Chase Edmonds? I like Chase Edmonds, but I kind of want to wait to see if he'll fit in our flex here in a little bit. 
Okay. And, and see, you know, where we go from there. So I, I do like Chase Edmonds. I don't want people to think I don't. I love Chase Edmonds. Uh, I just want to wait and see if he's more of a, you know, a guy that we can rely on to, to help us make a lineup work more than okay. trying to base lineup around him. So, what about, go ahead. How do you feel about Jet, Jet McKinnon? Ooh, Jet McKinnon up against Miami. Uh, is Raheem Mostert in or out? Because is that I have not heard if he's definitely in, but he is coming back from injury. Right. So let me see. here. He's expected to be a game time decision. And with my DFS lineups. Yeah. And it's a knee, you know, so knees are scary. Yeah. But with my DFS lineups, I don't want to, especially when I'm setting them on Friday, I don't want to have to go back and check them to make sure that, that my guys are in, in, in the last minute. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, I, I definitely be in. What's up? Jarek McKinnon will definitely be in. Yeah. But Raheem Moser is going to take over that starting role if he's back. You know, they're not going to play him to be a backup running back. Well, that's why I'm uh, well, I, I understand where you're coming from there. It would be it would be risky. Um, I do like him. I do like uh, Jarek McKinnon this week. And when you look at the, the target split between wide receiver, tight end and running back, 53 to, t- to wide receivers, 41 to tight end, 42 to running backs. Um, and Jarek McKinnon was eight of those last Week and 12 red zone targets, which is the, our touches, which is the most on the team overall throughout the weeks by far. I love Jared McKinnon. I don't want you to think that I don't. I love Jared McKinnon, but there's two yeah. things that scare me. One is that they're not going to need to pass up against Miami. So he's going to see yeah. limited passing attempts or passing, uh, passing targets. Uh, the other thing is the Raheem Mostert, you know, possible coming back and him just running the ball towards the end. So I think that Jared McKinnon, although if, if Raheem Mostert's out, I love Jared McKinnon. I'm playing him everywhere, but I don't know yet. And I don't want to take that risk this early. Okay. But I think we have to go with Todd Gurley right off the bat, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Gurley. We've been, we've been salivating over, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, how do you feel about David Johnson? Cause he's sitting right there at 52 looking pretty sexy. Yeah, I like David Johnson too. But I really do this week. Yeah. We also have Gibson at five. So do we want to go up 200 for David Johnson or do we want to hope for the targets in Washington for Gibson? That's a good one, right? That's a good question. Yeah. I'm going to go Gibson. And we also have Chase Edmonds if you like Chase Edmonds more, but I don't I think. I do like Chase Edmonds, but you said we, maybe we'll save him for the flex. Well, so... do, you, do you like him more than Gibson? Chase, well, he's going to be splitting time with um, with with Drake, but I think that we're going to. Drake has been not looking great the past few weeks, um, so I think he, he's going to get more and more. But uh, Gibson's a sure thing. Okay, Gibson was he, he looked great last week. He, he he's just getting better and better, and he's becoming that CMC type of player that. Ron Rivera has promised us. So, um, yeah, and and this week with the matchup against the Rams, you know that they're going to be dumping off to him quite a bit. So, yeah, I'd I'd go. I like like him. Give me Gibson. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, let's go Gibson. Now we're over to the wide receiver. And there's a couple expensive options. Uh, You know, they, they could be good plays. But once again, we started out with, Lamar Jackson, so we're left with a little bit of a, a limited amount. Do we want to go to our defense first and then see how much we're left over with defense and tight end? Or do you love a wide receiver so much that you wanna you wanna smash that that play button? 
No, I'm I, I, not really. Is there any wide receiver I'm like just crazy about this week? Wait, who did we talk about? We talked about Robbie Anderson, but he's going to be chalky. I like DJ Moore. DJ Moore, we talked about, and so he could be. He's, he's six, only six. Yeah, he's six K, so that's not bad, right? No, he's six actually, is actually really good. Six is at the same price as like CD Lamb, Jamison Crowder. So uh, it's not a, not a bad. It's risky. Deontay Johnson, Tyler Boyd. It is Def- risky. It's definitely risky. But at the same time, <laughs> it, it's it's it could be a, a smash. David Moore. Who? Oh no, sorry. That's a that's a that's the Sunday night game. Yeah, I was just looking at my my sheets here, and and David Moore. David Moore had a yeah, big yeah. game last week and is going up against Minnesota this week, but that's that's the Sunday night game. So never mind me. He's more of a flash um, in the pan type guy, anyways. He has these big weeks that just pop up out of nowhere. Oh, Slayton. Slayton, we got to get in Slayton, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, Slayton. But he's Slayton. a guy, anyways. Get Slayton in there. All right. That's cheap. That's cheap. I so love it. Um, let's see here. Greg Ward, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him. Yeah, I'm not willing to play him because I think his upside well, is capped with his athletic profile. Well, it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game, I think, too. So Let's bounce over to tight end real quick and plug in our tight end and our defense and just see Alrighty. what we come out with. Okay. So the tight ends, man, like they're, they got some, some good matchups up here, like we talked about with Drew Sample. Uh, you know, you, you don't like Mo Alley-Cox. No, so, and he... He, he, I think Cox is going to be very chalky. Okay. What about like Evan Ingram up against Dallas? We had a lot of people in the comments rooting for Ingram. Do yeah, you like Ingram or Sample more? I think Ingram is the better play, but he just hasn't, he quite, hasn't quite been who I want him to be yet this season. Um, you know, we're, we're used to Ingram being that top five guy. And I'm not seeing that out of him, sadly. Um, what about Higby up against Washington? I, I was going to bring him up, but I just didn't have the show sheet space. Uh, Washington's thirtieth up against the uh, up against the tight end, and he's fifty six hundred. So it would actually kind of limit us with the other positions. But um, not feeling Higby against uh, Higby. Let me see. Higby is. Yeah, 19, well, 19 fantasy points to the tight end position. Yeah. How, how much is he? About 56. He's 100 less than Zach Ertz. And 600 more than Gesicki and 900 more than uh, Drew Sample. See, I'm... I'm kind of I'm still pivoting down to sample I think personally because I want that money to play at wide receiver this week. Okay, then then go with sample. We we like sample. He's got the good matchup. It's it's he's cheap. He's touchdown dependent. All right, on to the defenses. And okay. the one that I noticed while setting my lineups this week, of course, was the Cowboys only at thirty one hundred. That's a, a K less than these other positions, but it's like, you know, Arizona is the second ranked one overall. And forty one hundred. Uh, the Ravens are actually decently priced at 39. That's not bad. And the Jets, we're not playing any Jets. I, I'd go Cardinals. D. You know, the Jets give up a lot of defensive touchdowns. Uh, granted, that was with Sam Darnold. Do you think the same thing's going to happen with Flacco? 
Flacco has a tendency to actually throw at the ground instead of throw interceptions. <laughs> so I'm not even kidding you. Like, it's really weird watching it. Like, I've watched him for Denver last year because, I, you know, I was kind of interested in and wanted to see how long he lasted. And I, yeah. I watched every single one of his games. And yeah. I'm like, dude, that should that should have been an interception. But instead, he threw it to the ground. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about the Cowboys defense is they are they give up the most points per game in the league. They they're giving up almost like over 35 and close to 40 points per game. But they've had some tough matchups, right? They played Cleveland last week. Cleveland's not a bad team. Cleveland's not good. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, it's and not Atlanta, bad. who has a good offense. The Rams have a great offense. Atlanta's offense is ranked 21st by DVOA. Who is? Atlanta's offense is ranked really? 21st by DVOA. Yeah. They, they, we're used to them having a really good offense, and they are putting up a lot of points. But based on the defenses that they're playing, I mean, they've played Seattle. They've played the Cowboys. You know, they, they're, they've played what – now they're playing Carolina. So, you know, it's – I just – I worry about the Cowboys. And I kind of like I, the Ravens. I am playing them in, in one of my season longs. I, I have them – in one of my season longs, because the rest of the choices for defense were just crap. But the I Ravens think... are like second or third. The Ravens are second in points so far this year. And although 39 is expensive, it's not that bad. And they're going against a rookie QB. A rookie QB. Yeah. And we already have Lamar Jackson. Cool. Yep. Done. There you go. There's your stack. Done deal. <laughs> we got a stack. We got the stack because Lamar Jackson's running back anyways. So, oh man, um, let's go back to the wide receivers now. Okay. We have 19 uh, K remaining. 19 K so, remaining. Oops. All right. Let's get a good, a good expensive guy in there. Okay. Um, Will Fuller, you mean, right? No, I'm just kidding. I know you're not a huge fan of Will Fuller. I'm just not a Will Fuller fan. Nope, sure uh, not. Do we go with the chalky lineup since this, this, I don't see anybody else having this lineup or anything close to it, to be honest nope, with you. Nope, not even close. So go with a chalky, a chalky uh, wide Amari receiver. Cooper or Calvin Ridley? I, 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 you gotta go Cooper. I think that's gonna be such, well, Ridley just, I would do Ridley if he plays. And Julio doesn't, or are you going Ridley anyways? I'd go Ridley anyway. It doesn't matter if Julio's in or not. Ridley's scoring. So I'll try and we, check back with this. You have to you have to message me and remind me. Can we put them both? I don't know. I really like Juju though. I know, oh, okay. I know you don't. Wait. If we get in oh. Miles Boykin, we might oh. be able to fit them both in. <laughs> <laughs> put Boykin in the in the flex. Yeah. In, of Chase Edmonds, maybe. Let's uh, wait. So Edmonds we're at sixty-three. That's actually we actually have a decent amount of cash left. Yeah, it's actually a decent amount. I know. That's what I'm saying. Can we get? Let's throw Cooper I in there. Both in. I think we can get Cooper and Ridley in there. All right. Let's go. Let's go look at Chase Edmonds. Hold on. Chase Edmonds is at forty something. Because I like this. I was all over Edmonds this entire week. I was talking about it. Uh, I think we're just outside the money there on getting Cooper in there, too. Yeah, uh, Ridley. So I have Cooper in there, but I don't have Ridley. But we can play Judas Smith-Schuster. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. 200 left over. This is the lineup. This is going to win it all. 
There, there we go. I'm going to go put this in the Millie Maker too. <laughs> I am. Like, I love this lineup. I love every part of this lineup. We've got Lamar Jackson. We've got Todd Gurley. We've got Antonio Gibson. We've got Slayton. We've got Cooper. We've got Juju Smith-Schuster. We've got Drew Sample. We've got Chase Edmonds. We've got the Ravens defense. This is literally like my favorite lineup without realizing that it was going to be my favorite lineup. Uh, well, you knew. How could you not think that my lineup with you is going to be your favorite? Well, you know, we like I didn't like the Cam Newton call, but you got that one right. I know. Weird. Weird. I know you, were, <laughs> you were having a hard time with my Cam Newton call. But you know what, Chase, you 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 know, I have nothing but respect for you, my friend, because you you do the research, you work hard, you know your stuff. Um, we know different stuff. I like that we know different stuff. You know, I have different types of information than you do. I learn from you. Hopefully you learn from me too. I enjoy every single one of our conversations. If I could have this as a daily podcast, every day, seven days a week, I would do it. I swear. (laughs) It's a lot of work, but I would do it. Let's, you know what? Let's make it happen. Let's, let's get a sponsor and make this stuff happen. Dude, I'd be down. Give people what they want. We, we should, we should get a sponsor and we, we should make this a a Friday night thing. If you're down. Mm -hmm. Or we could do Saturday nights. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the Friday pre-husband date night. You get me warmed up for date night. Oh God, really? That's that's where you're going with this? Like, I'm the fluffer. You're the fluffer. My husband doesn't talk football to me, so there you go. <laughs> I'm the fluffer. Oh my God. Oh my God, I'm the fluffer. I never thought I'd be saying that. <sighs> oh my God. <laughs> Cheers. I love it. Right. Hey, let everybody Go know where on. they can find you because we do have a decent amount of viewers still here in with us. Got it. Um, so at Rosalie Michaels on the Twitter verse. And then, of course, you know, I know you do your show right before uh, game time as well. But uh, if you want to flip back and forth, we yeah. have the DraftKings The Sweat, which is every Sunday from 1130 till 1 Eastern time on their YouTube channel, as well as Twitter live on Twitter. And then I'm with them again on Mondays before the Monday night showdown from, let me say it's five 30 to six on Eastern time. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. And I respect the hell out of you as well. Uh, you're, you're one of my favorite guests, the hands down. So we have a great time every time you do come on. So maybe we can't make this a regular thing. I'd be down. And your mom's favorite too. Yeah, my mom, my mom watches the podcast from time to time. She has no idea what we're saying, but she'll, she'll pop it. And, and she watches football, but she doesn't understand fantasy. So anyways, Brilliant woman. She's like, Rosalie is my favorite. Anyways, guys, I appreciate you all for coming in. The people that are asking these questions, uh, you know, in in the chats that is not DFS related, I will answer them outside of this this podcast. I'll I'll type back to you guys and answer. But yeah, I appreciate you guys for coming in and listening. Thank you guys for being here. And thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. We're out. That's how you bang a podcast.